the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. God is our provider and our healer. He is with us. He provides all of our needs, and by His stripes we have been set free. Bottom line, He is more than enough for us. We cannot put a price on what God has done, is doing, and will do for us for as long as we live. Yet we give so little to Him in return for His limitless and wondrous works toward us, particularly as it relates to tithing and offerings. And even in that, he never stops giving. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today. I'm going to preach a very critical, uh, poignant, penetrating message, and I hope you have a pen to annotate because this message is very critical as we approach the holiday season. God wants me to tell you a few things as it relates to your personal finances to take it from one level to the next, to the next, to the glory of God. It is, it is Satan's uh, desire to shipwreck your finances, to destroy your family, to set you back, to send your marriage reeling because of uh, financial bondage, mismanaging that which God has blessed you with. And God has me here as his divine messenger to give you direction, to give you hope and to give you a proper spiritual perspective to govern and guide and rule your finances to the glory of God. So if you ever had an ear to hear, hear now what the spirit of God has to say. Turn to the book of Haggai chapter one, verses three through seven is our text. Haggai uh, chapter one, verses three through seven is our text. You'll find these words. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panel houses and this temple lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I want to preach acceptable and unacceptable giving to the Lord. Beloved, there are only two ways that you can give financially to the Lord, which is acceptable and unacceptable giving. If you're not giving to God at all, you may not even have a relationship with him or you may not be giving because of a lack of spiritual maturity. You just haven't grown up in Christ. 
God will not receive what you have given him unless you first acknowledge that he owns it all. Even though God has entrusted us to manage his resources, we have a tendency to think that we have ownership instead of stewardship. Now, let me tell you what a steward is. A steward is one who has been entrusted to manage that which belongs to God. How much of what we have belongs to God? Everything we have belongs to God. For example, God has given us the responsibility of managing our families, our children, our grandchildren, material possessions, career. God has privileged us to manage employees, our health, finances, time, retirement, estate planning, and much more. All belongs to God. If we fail to keep the right perspective, the right spiritual perspective, especially when it comes to our finances, we will usurp the authority of God who is the owner and not seek him. We will not trust him and we will not allow him to govern our financial decision. And if God is not charged of your financial decisions, then your financial house is out of order. This will result, my friend, in mismanagement, financial worries, and troubles. If you desire your finances to be under God's divine management, then you must trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. You cannot give in a way that honors our Lord until you first put your finances under God's divine management and realize that God owns it all. That means everything. Psalms 24, one says the earth is the Lord's and all is fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. In Haggai chapter one, verses three through seven, the prophet rebukes Judah for her spiritual negligence and misplaced priorities. You see, Judah had built their own beautiful panel, lovely looking houses while neglecting to rebuild the temple of God, which lay in ruins, resulting in divine chastening from God. Therefore, the prophet Haggai tells Judah to consider her ways, which meant that it was time for Judah to do some serious soul-searching examination before the Lord. And what you need to do, my friends, if you want to get serious about God prospering you, about God taking control of that which is blessed you with, you too need to do some serious soul searching examination so that God can bless you and that you would not dishonor him in a way that would bring a reproach to his name. What did God do to Judah for allowing the temple of God to lie in ruins while they live extravagantly. What did God do to Judah for allowing the temple of God to lie in ruins while they live extravagantly? Look at verse six. It gives us the answer right there in the text as I exposit the text. Look at it, if you will. It's right in your Bible. Uh, the first thing, the returns on what Judah invested did not yield to their expectations. 
That's big. The returns on what Judah invested did not yield to their expectations. You say, how you know? How do you know that? From verse six, you have sown much and bring in little. In other words, Judah had high hopes for a great harvest only to be disillusioned with a meager yield from their crops. The crops would not produce as it should have because of Judah's negligence toward God. Number two, God refused to allow Judah to be satisfied with the physical necessities of life. God refused to allow Judah to be satisfied with the physical necessities of life. You say, how do you know that? Because in verse six, again, you eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with with your drinks. You know something, friends? It's a terrible thing when you are still not satisfied after you eat and drink. The blessings of God brings fulfillment from him. Their spiritual negligence for allowing the temple to lie in ruins resulted in a lack of physical satisfaction. They ate, but they couldn't get full. They drank, but their thirst was not quenched. Now, you know, that's a bad place. The third thing that happened to Judah under divine chastening, since Judah treated God indifferently and coldly, God responded by causing them to be cold where no amount of clothes would keep them warm. You see, my friends, it says in the text, you clothe yourselves and no one is warm. Wow. That's what put on layers and still can't get warm. Even as Christians, and with every intent to live our life according to God's word, many of us struggle with obeying God's commands regarding the finances he blesses us with. As Pastor Rander continues this message, as led by the Holy Spirit, he provides food for our souls as to why some of us struggle with tithing, as well as the ultimate consequences. God wants us to prosper, not suffer. However, in order to prosper, we must obey God's word, even in this. Number four, Judah's spiritual negligence caused them to lose everything they earned. You see that? Judah's spiritual negligence caused them to lose everything they earned. You say, how do you know that from verse six again? All this is in verse six. Yes. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. My friend, it is a terrible thing when you work so hard to make money only to watch it disappear and not have enough to cover your expenses. What judgment upon Judah for her spiritual negligence? Now, let me transition. Why do many Christians today give to God in an unacceptable way? Why do so many Christians today give to God in an unacceptable way? And then I want to deal with debt, which is really a crisis among Christians. Why do many Christians today give to God in an unacceptable way? Number one, because of misplaced priorities. 
My friends, misplaced priorities will cause us to give to God in an unacceptable way. God, who is our supreme majestic savior, must be first and foremost in our lives. To put anything before God is idolatry. Did you hear what I said? You make an idol out of anything you put before God. Joshua chapter 24, uh, verse 20 says, If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. Look at that. Even though God has been so good to you, if you commit spiritual negligence, this same God that's been so good to you will come back and wipe you out in spite of his goodness to you. Matthew 6.33 also says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Beloved, anything you put before God has become your idol. You spend more time in the things of this, this world on technology and some Facebook and Facebook and never pick up your Bible. That Facebook, that computer, the Internet, the email, all that stuff, the games, the golf, all that stuff can become your idol. It's not wrong with using these things. But if you put those things above your relationship with God, then that is spiritually dangerous, my friends. Number two. Uh, Why do so many Christians today give to God in an unacceptable way? Number two, a lack of depth of love for Christ will translate into unacceptable giving. A lack of depth of love for Christ will translate into unacceptable giving. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Love will not give when it is shallow. Only when you grow deep in your love relationship with the Lord Jesus can you give financially in a way that brings delight to the heart of God. Mark chapter 12 verse 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all. Look at that. Underline that under text. All your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and with All your strength. Look at that. All, 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 all. What is that? You need to love God with all of your inner being. With everything within you, you are to bless God. You are to love him. But if you don't love him deeply, your giving to him will be so shallow and meager. Thirdly, you cannot give acceptably to the Lord if the Holy Spirit is not in control of your life. If you're you're in control of your life, you will not honor God with your finances. But when the Holy Spirit is in control of your life, you will bless God. You will bless your family. You will bless the church and those who cross your paths. The pull of unredeemed flesh and the love of the things of this world will cause you to resist the prompting of the Holy Spirit when it comes to giving financially to the Lord. When the Holy Spirit is in control of your life, sometimes you say, well, I'm not going to give to that. Ah. And then you turn around and eat your own words and find yourself giving to the very thing you say you wouldn't give to because the Holy Spirit brought you under conviction. You ever had the Holy Spirit to change your mind? I have. You, I mean, you, you get hard about this, or they asked for this before, or they asked for this again, or they t- said do that, and you say, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. 
And then all of a sudden you start sitting there and the Holy Spirit get a hold of you, start nudging you and prompting you. And all of a sudden you feel a sense of restlessness and uneasiness. You're not at peace. And then all of a sudden you find yourself yielding up that which you said you would not do because the Holy Ghost is in charge of your life. You know, the Holy Ghost is in charge when you do the very thing you say you wouldn't do because of the Holy Spirit's conviction in your life. Ephesians 5, 18 B says, but be filled with the spirit. In other words, let every aspect of your life be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit. Listen at this, my friends, only Christians who allow the Holy Spirit and not your flesh spirit, your selfish spirit to be in control of your life will you give in a way that will bless the name of Jesus. Only Christians who allow the Holy Spirit and not your fleshly selfish spirit to control their lives will give in a way that will bless the name of Jesus. When the Holy Spirit has his way in our lives, he will move us to give financially in extraordinary ways. He clears out all hindrances. And when the Holy Spirit has his way in our lives, he will move us to give financially in supernatural, extraordinary ways. He clears out all hindrances. He makes us a conduit for giving to God, our family, his church and others. Spirit-filled saints will not refuse to give because they hear something or see something in the church they do not like or disagree with. My friend, if you do not want to give, surely Satan will give you many reasons not to. Our love for Christ must transcend that kind of thinking. I praise God for saints who have been incredibly blessed by God financially and then use their God-given resources for the ongoing work of the kingdom of God. Number four, unacceptable giving is to be so self-centered that you give the Lord very little or keep all the money. That comes to you for yourself. Boy, it's so cool in here now. When that dance was on, y'all were really jumping and shouting. (laughs) Philippians 2 and 3 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let me tell you something, my friends. Self-indulgent saints seek first themselves and not God. Beloved, the first thing you need to learn about receiving Christ is that it's not about you. Many fail to surrender their life, their possessions to God and honor him first, which results in setbacks. When you don't honor God first, you have misdirection in your life. You have spiritual regression. Your life will end up with much debt and loss of blessings. Haggai 1.6D says, and he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. In other words, you make money and don't even know where it's going. You can't even account for it. It's gone. You're making good money and have nothing to show for it. That happens when you dishonor God. Number five, God does not accept an offering from those who give grudgingly. Second uh, Corinthians nine, seven says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. My friend, to give grudgingly, you say, what does that mean to give grudgingly? Say, say grudgingly. You know, some of you, you, you don't hear that word too often. So let me let me just give you let me break down what that word means to give grudgingly is to give reluctantly to give unwillingly 
It is to give stingily or resentfully. You, when it comes to giving, it's, it's to give with sorrow. It is to give with grief. It is to give with heaviness of heart. If you are giving with this kind of attitude, you may as well keep it for yourself because it will not be accepted by the Lord if you're giving grudgingly, reluctantly, unwillingly, stingily, resentfully, with sorrow, grief, and heaviness of heart. That's grudge giving. Number six, the love of money will keep believers from giving acceptably before the Lord. The love of money. Not money, but what? The love of First Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money, not money, the love of it. Some people love it. That's why they can't get to church. That's why they, they can be out and just spend all on themselves. They love, they invest more and more and more, make more and more and more and more. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Those who love money more than God will possess an insatiable craving or thirst for more money to buy more material possessions for their own personal pleasure. They are more concerned about self-investment than kingdom investment. It's all about them and they never have enough because of the love of money. Number seven, an unacceptable offering is to give to the Lord less than your best. Anything that is less than your best is unacceptable before the Lord. If what you give to the Lord is not a true sacrificial offering, then it is sinful and unacceptable before the Lord. You say, what? You say, where is that? Deuteronomy 17, 1. It says, you shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God a bull or sheep which has any blemish or defect, for that is an abomination to the Lord your God. My friend, a disgraceful offering is to give God that which is cheap. That's a disgrace to a holy God who's given you everything. A disgraceful offering is a cheap offering. It is a small offering. It's the leftover after you've given so much to yourself, the world, the advertisement, and the things that bring you pleasure. It is to give to God in a worthless way. A disgraceful offering is an inadequate offering. It is an insufficient offering. It is a flawed offering. It is a blemished offering. That's what Israel was doing. They were offering God animals that had defects and animals that was losing their hair and broken bones. They kept the best one and gave him the old, the little lame one and say, okay, God, little dab do you. And that attitude is still with us today in the mind. Beloved, to give to God in such a way is the height of ingratitude for all the undeserved blessings he has showered upon us. How many of you know God has blessed you and blessed you abundantly? I mean, everybody, ought to be, you ought to be raising your hand. You ought to say amen. Say amen. How many of you bless and you know you bless? How many of you know if God don't give you another thing, you already got more than you deserve? You're blessed. Designer glasses, designer hair pieces, designer shoes, designer clothes. You can color things in your eyes that make your eyes go other colors. 
all this stuff, you know, to, to decorate yourself, to give you that special little pizzazz in your look. And then you give God, here God, a little dab do you. I mean, how much do you pay for rain? When is the last time you paid rent on air? What if you had to pay taxes on your heartbeat? And then you come before God and give him that which is disgraceful. And God says, I dare you. I dare you to treat my love toward you that way. Let's transition now to the next phase. Oh, you understand. (laughs) Why do saints get themselves into debt? You don't just skip along and say, I'm going to get in debt today, debt today, debt today. I'm going to get in debt today. La, 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 la. No, we put you in some kind of crazy house. (laughs) Nobody purposefully decide to get in debt. So why do Christians get themselves in debt? Now, this this lesson is like spiritual castor oil. You can go on and take it. <laughs> Swallow it. Go on, go on, go on. Swallow it. So that you can be made whole. <laughs> Why do saints get themselves in debt? Number A, because they fail to listen to God and seek his permission. Ooh, y'all, y'all need to write this down. I'm trying to help you. They fail to listen to God and get his permission. You know, if we just did that, I could stop preaching right now. He said, God, I want to hear you do what you say. No more or no less. And God began to bring your whole financial structure into order. Proverbs 724 says, now, therefore, listen to me. God is saying this. Listen to me. Y'all listen to people. You listen to folk. He says, listen, look, underline that. Listen to me. Y'all, some of y'all just hard headed. God says, will you stop listening to all these other voices? Will you please start listening to me? It says, listen to me, my children. The word of God is clear. We must trust God with our finances because everything we have and claim as ours belongs to him. He commands us to tithe only 10%. And even though he owns it all, he blesses us to keep 90%. Give God's way and watch what happens, not only in the universal church, but also in our individual lives. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.